Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Woo! Thursday. Oh, it's the sun out? I ain't seen the sun since I don't know when. Been a little bit rainy lately. Yeah. We needed some rain. That's okay. We talked to Titans Amy. She gave us some sun. Amy Wells, yeah, checking in from uh, from Alligator Field, Tampa, Florida. She said they just stand out there and watch practice, the alligators. Oh, she I- said, she looked, there was a fence, and she was like, okay, good. But then she realized there was a gate to that fence, and the gate was open. So, well, like, well, I guess come and go. Open? Right. Who's in charge of that gate? If I played for Tampa Bay, the gate would be locked every day. And I would actually bring my own lock, and I would, I would give it where I had, you know, the old Masters where you got to spin and have know the, the combination. Yeah. And only I know the combination. You cannot accidentally leave the, the gate open. Well, and then uh, Puka on Twitter sent us pictures of alligators climbing fences because Amy's like, well, you know, at least they can't climb. Oh, yeah, they can't climb. They, yeah, yeah, Puka sent pictures of two oh. different alligators climbing a fence like n- no problem. Like, really? hey, man, here we go. Oh, well, t- re- oh well, tweet those out. Retweet it. I want to see because I know they could, but I don't know. If that's like a, a regular occurrence for alligators to climb, because like you've never, I've never seen them climb like a tree. Can they climb trees? I, I retweeted it from Blaine and Mickey, but it's well, alligators. You know, you have the different little hole. They can kind of climb. So what kind of fence was it? Chain link fence. Yeah. See, they can get up. Yeah. Man, I want just, I want just the poles and see if they can hold on to them without sliding. <laughs> I don't think they got those kind of skills. Yeah. I, I'd be trying. I'd be climbing up something like that. Then, like, okay, let's see what you can do, little arms. <laughs> see what you got for this, man. I would be for that in like a snake. I mean, I mean stuff like I just have no idea, uh, man. You know, I was in there talking to Red. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, but you know, if it's just a normal snake and and it's not venomous, I'm a, I mean, venomous. I'm, I'm like, what? Uh huh? He's like, yeah. If the if it had the cat eyes, then they you know they can." It can get you. You gonna stick around, and look at it that close, said, look in the I, eyes. I said, I don't think I have enough time for that. No, I said I think my my time would be like, how fast can I get away? And he says, well, no, you know, if it's just a regular, you know, mammal, <laughs> so I'm like I'm not trying to figure it out. No way, no can do. We were both talking about a bat. I was on vacation. A bat was in our room, and I'm such a chicken. I told my wife and him to go ahead and go out, with my son. But I was like, oh, I'm gonna catch it. And so I went and go grab this broom. And it was just trying to beat it, you know, just like trying to beat kill it. it. Yeah, like getting a shoe it out, you know, like shoe it out because it came in through the patio. So I'm just trying to beat it to go that way. Get out. And I'm going to have no idea what I'm doing. So I can't get it to go out. So then it goes and hides behind the bed. I go, oh, oh crap. I call down there and say, hey, man, we got a bat in our room. Please come get this bat. <laughs> I was frightened, though. And then when I'm talking about I'm swinging, you know, it's like when you see like a little bug or you're, oh, my God. You no. know, but you just, well, that's how I was acting with the bat. Okay. He's like, oh, no, I just, Rhett says he just go put a bag up on top of it and put it in the bag and then he let it out. He said one got caught up in the Titans uh, radio booth. Yeah, he told that story. Yeah. Just calmly, like Boy yeah. Scout training came right in. Yeah, yeah. He, put he, his he, jacket over it. He definitely went to Boy Scouts for sure. Yeah, yeah, I was the one that went to Boy Scouts and said, no, but I won't go home and call my mama. <laughs> hey, man, when I was a kid. I was like, what? All I want to do is fish. <laughs> Everything else. Right, I only I'm, came, I'm, here, to, right, I came <laughs> here to fish. Yeah, I'm not that, trying that. to mess with no other animals, nope. man. Dude, when I was a kid, we were, uh, I, we farmed rice. And so a rice field is filled with water all the time. Okay. All the time you keep water on the crop. Well, rice can grow like waist high, it's it just grows tall and skinny. It looks like wheat, but it's but it's rice. It grows tall and skinny. Has like all the grain at the top. Oh. 
So you're slogging out there in water that's been there all summer. So you're sinking in the mud up to your knees. So you had to wear hip boots. And there are snakes everywhere. So you'd step on them. But you had levees because sometimes you would laser level a field so it was flat. So you could just fill one, fill up one department compartment and you'd fill up the next and the next and the next. But most land wasn't laser leveled. So you had this maze of levees. So you'd have to use a shovel to close off a levee, or if water started to run out, you'd have to patch it real quick. So you just carried a shovel over your shoulder. You did this all growing up? All, all every year. Why is my, this the first time I've heard this? You carry a shovel over your shoulder like like a like Paul Bunyan would carry an axe. And sometimes you'd have to just one arm, one motion, wham! A snake. Cut the head off the snake. Yeah. Oh! Because it was you or him. You'd, just, you'd walk right up on you each other. <laughs> the other thing you learned is this. The way they crawled through the water, you could see their path. You could see their path. You could see the rice stalks moving ahead of you, and you think, "Okay, man, that's all you. You go ahead. I'm gonna give you some room there. I'm gonna come through a couple minutes later." Yeah. So you just kind of stop, and then you'd, you'd watch him. You could see his path crawl away. Oh yeah, step on him, get him stuck under uh, your boot in the mud. No you have way. Have to whack him. Have to hit your own foot basically with a snake under your foot trying to get the snake. Oh no! Oh, I was amazing. Did, did you ever get one snap and try to bite you? Yes. I mean, did you ever get bitten? Never got. They weren't venomous I've been bitten snakes. by a boa constrictor. Oh, no. They were venomous snakes. Oh, These no. These are water moccasins and things like that. Yeah. 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 I, you were in a farm, and I was on a machine and corn to tassel. So I was never nowhere near nothing that was on the ground. Yeah. I would run by just snatching corn. Now, so there were a few people farm corn. There were snakes in the cornfield, too. Yeah, but I was But nothing the like the water. You were at the machine, not in the field. Yeah, they were surviving. They was up there thirsty and like, oh, this water is nice and cool. Let me just stay here. No. They're going to get run over by that machine. <laughs> Let's get to it. Cuzzo Mike wants to join the discussion. What's Help going on? Help What's going out. on, Cuzzo? You ever had a bat in your room? Actually, not not in my room, but up here in Cleveland. One summer I was up here in Cleveland when I was younger, and uh, my grandmother got a fireplace, and uh, a bat flew down the fireplace into the house. Nope. And so, uh, yeah, man, for the longest time, I, I would always say, if I, if, I, if I get a big old house, I ain't getting a fireplace. I ain't getting a fireplace. But, yeah, man, that's uh, – yeah, I, I – dealt with that, you know, trying to catch a bat. Me and my uncle, man, and you know, my uncle, you know, he was drunk or something, you know, <laughs> and so he just, he just drunk, going around the river room, spilling beer everywhere, trying to catch this bat. We finally caught it, and then uh, my other cousin had found some matches, and we lit it on fire. So What? Yeah. This took a dark turn. <laughs> Did it take off and start flying, burning fire? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, me and the rest of the neighborhood, you know, kids, and it was summertime, summertime in Cleveland, man. So yeah, man, we we had it in a plastic bag, and you know, our little bus had some uh, thing of matches, and we we set the oh, man. Mike, I hope Peter's not listening, <laughs> man. Oh, animal cruelty, right? <laughs> oh hey, man, hey, yeah, man, hey, that was before Peter and all that other stuff, right? Like, right. I think we, they, we, yeah, that's what, yeah, like what they all say. Ago, Thank right? you, Mike. Man, I t- burning Ooh. bats, man. It's a boy. I would have been see. I, I would have just excited that I caught it and let it go. I would have sent like, set him free. Like I don't want the karma. I might have damaged him. one of his wings or something. You know, like you know, trying to catch it, right? Making sure you know it was wounded. 
<laughs> Tony the stud is limping and right. He would have flew off slowly. Yep. Yeah, he'd be flying in circles because only one wing works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one's a little damaged. Uh, Tony the stud wants Come to weigh on, in man. on this as well. Maybe Heard he's representing Peta. What's going on, Tony? What's going on, Mickey? Been a while since I talked to you. How you doing, Blaine? Good, 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 man. <laughs> hey, so uh, I'm a. I, I hate snakes. Like snakes are. Oh, me my, too. You know, man, like, it, there's just something about these little serpents that run around that just make you perk up. So, me and my buddy were in uh, Westmoreland uh, about a week ago, and we were we had some parking blocks that we were smashing up and, and lining the wood line with. And so, my eyes are peeled for copperheads, because we're in a wooded, you know, country wooded area with, uh, you know, I, I felt like that was where I was going to see it. Well, lo and behold, uh, in the middle of... Um, setting these these rocks down on the on the wood line i had uh come in contact with a uh yellow jacket hive and uh man let me tell you <laughs> i ain't been stung by i'm 32 now i'll be 33 this year i ain't been stung by being probably 20 years and let alone get get swarmed by these yellow jackets i got stung like 70 times got them on my elbow on my legs these things listen they took, they they took chunks out of my skin with that, with the venom that they palm, I don't know what they got, but we, uh, we were too, man. To be honest with you, we, we tried to get that wall. Ah, Tony, we lost. Oh. You. We lost you. I got stung by a bunch of, of yellow jackets or or a wasp or something in my yard. Did you swell up. It took a chunk out of my leg. Three weeks later, I still have a scar well, from well, it. Watch this. Why are you showing me your leg from far? I can't see the chunk. That's, that's oh, why, oh it's right the one there. red spot on the one I white can see leg. that from here through oh. all the plexiglass. Oh, that's three okay, weeks well, old. See. It took a chunk out of me. I've never had a sting like that. But what happened? Did it? What did you put on it? What did you do? I, I've just experimented. Nothing's worked. I can't get it to go away. <laughs> I put everything on it, man, and nothing man, works. It's, it's in your system. It's, I, I may turn into like some kind of wasp man. Oh, oh that's, that's how horror movies start. No, you know, how Marvel movies just start. Just won't heal. What? Oh my! I, I what gotta, is it, Juke? So this is how Marvel movies start. Exactly. Oh my gosh! Oh, if I get some eye. superpowers, yeah. so long, suckers. Yeah, man, that'd be like Ant Man. <laughs> Great. <laughs> wasp man. Wasp. Perfect. Uh, Henry, uh, one more phone call before oh, we get Coach man. Matthews in here. What's yes. going on, Henry? Hey, what's going on, guys? I just I wanted to freak Blaine out a little bit. So I grew up on a strawberry farm in Florida, brothers and cousins, and we had irrigation ponds, and then we had a pasture that had cattle in it. And so we, but the workers would get freaked out because in our irrigation ponds there was not one or two gators, there was multiple gators in there. So Grant, the Gramps, he would ask us to go down and gig them and gig take them. them back to the pasture pond because they couldn't really get to the cattle too easily. So we literally would jump in, me, my cousins, my brother, we would jump into the irrigation pond on top of the gators, wrap them, wrap them up, you know, wrap, tape around the They didn't take you over a spinderella? Kind of... They didn't have, they didn't just start going over all over you just, oh man, going on a ride? You just catch them on the side of the, the, the edge of the water, right? And just like at the edge of the water and the land. And oh, you, one of us would jump on the back and the other one would grab him by the front because a gator, he, you can hold his mouth together with two fingers. Now, you can't open it to save your life, but you can hold it together where he can't open it. You hold it together real quick, throw some duct tape around it, and we would just all of us grab him and carry him out to the to the cow pasture pond. Oh, no that way. Been fun for you to join no in. No how. Especially in their territory. I wouldn't be yeah. anywhere close to them. Thank you for the call. I yeah. would have been on uh, a, a nice little uh, fast vehicle. 
My feet. Watching you from afar and say, good luck, but partner. <laughs> <laughs> I am the scariest person, man. Like the stuff like, I, I just know. Gators, snakes, I'm not messing with them. We got to mess with some uh, Vols talk next with Coach Matthews. He's about to come in here. We'll ask him some animal stories, too. Maybe he's, sure a, he's got some. There's no, he, there's no way he doesn't. He's got all kinds of stories. Yeah. Doug Matthews joins us next. Blade and Mickey. Dougie Fresh. Blaine and Mickey swinging through an afternoon here. Coach Doug Matthews joins us now. Coach Matthews brought to you by the good folks at the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Drunk driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. Coach, football fans are excited because we're just a, gosh, what, a couple of weeks away, less than that for some of the games. Vols a couple of weeks away. Uh, but you said something that I can't stop thinking about now when you came in. We were talking about Joe Milton, and certainly we'll ask you about the way he's playing and performing. But you just casually said this, and 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 I'm still thinking about it. We said, is he big like Cam Newton? And you said, in college, he's bigger than Cam Newton. Well, I'll say this. First game Cam Newton ever started in college, you know who it was against? Uh, probably Arkansas State. It was. <laughs> <laughs> just you guessing. Know, you had no clue. <laughs> no, he, I didn't he looks either. right at me like, I know the answer to this. It's always Arkansas State. I was standing there with the defensive guys, and somebody said, that's the quarterback. And guys started to argue, saying, there's no way that's the defensive end. There's no way that's – well, then the game started, and sure enough, he was the quarterback. And you're saying Milton is bigger than that guy. He is. Uh, I was telling Blaine, he wow. – he, uh, he, now, listen, this is looks Ooh. like. There's a big difference between looking like and playing like. But he, he's a about a two-inch taller Steve McNair. Uh, and you know how he was wow. built and Ooh. probably weighs 240, 245. Mm, but uh, certainly passes a look test. He's, I would say, right at 6'6", six, six, probably. 6'5", at least. There's mm. a picture of him, and I, and I would credit if I saw it, just making its way around the Internet. And I thought it was Photoshopped, and he was running with the football, and, and the ball in his hands looked like if you threw me one of those souvenir footballs and I started to run with it, it looked like a toy. He's just a giant human being, this guy. I, I don't think people realize it. Maybe until if they had the privilege of going to a practice or something and just standing next to it. Well, I walked down on the field just to kind of walk past him. I wasn't exactly standing next to him, but he uh, he's a uh, he's a big guy. Now, you know, can that translate into being a uh, top quality quarterback for Tennessee's sake? Uh, there certainly hope so. But he's he certainly passes the look test. Hooker's a big guy too. He's probably six four, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe two fifteen, two twenty, maybe a little bit more than that. They're both big fellows. Um, this is some breaking news. This just came down and this may not be breaking to you coach. Cause I know, you know, a lot of people up on the Hill, but, uh, Brian Maurer literally just now tweeting that he will enter the transfer portal and practiced in days. And I think people were waiting for this announcement, but that youngster will go on and look for his next opportunity. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you can kind of read between the lines on all that. He, I think clearly after last spring and then with Milton coming in and the, uh, the first part of fall practice, I'm sure saw that he was number four. Uh, he'll be, uh, uh, he'll go somewhere and probably if he picks right school, be a good player. You know, one thing about him to remember, not only was he there last spring, but he is, is from down, uh, the, the hypo group knew about him in, in high school. So right. they kind of knew his skill set as they did Joe Milton for that matter. So, uh, 
you know, there's only one of them that plays, and I certainly understand if you're not going to play and you have a couple of years left, uh, and the players who are there competing with you also have a couple of, uh, of years left. That's kind of what the transfer portal's for, and it, it certainly attracts not numbers, but numbers percentage by position, the quarterback position more than any, because that's, that's the one spot. You're going to play six, eight, ten defensive backs probably in a game. Right. You're going to play – uh, seven, eight, nine defensive linemen. You're gonna play one quarterback, and uh, they just don't get to play much. How is it, before I pass it over to Blaine? Just let's just stay in the quarterback room for one more second. We've mentioned Milton Mauer makes it official; he's leaving. How are those guys looking? What are you seeing from them so far? Again, I think today, two weeks away from the first game, where are we? Well, a Tuesday scrimmage was the second scrimmage, and they're not going to have another. Which uh, I uh, was a well, I won't say a surprise, but most programs have maybe three. Coach Heupel decided that early, going to have only two scrimmages. Now they'll get a lot of work in one-on-one against these other. And in both scrimmages, he went one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. So they went best against best in that. And it is a, uh, it's a process still going on. Uh, certainly, as I look at them, it appears to me that maybe one or two are ahead of the other one, but that might not be right. Uh, two are very mobile. The first two, Hooker, I say the first two, not in position, the first two I mentioned. Milton and Hooker are both mobile quarterbacks. That is not uh, what Harrison Bailey is. He's more of a pocket type. But I'll just remind people that in this era, uh, Mac Jones was was a pocket quarterback too. Uh, Hopefully, and I think think, uh, Bailey has a big upside. I I have no idea right now who's going to be the starter. I I, uh, I imagine that Coach Heupel does, or at right. least has it pretty much narrowed down. But they only got three, and they're all going to get a lot of good work, and uh, you can certainly improve during the season if you work at it. Coach Doug Matthews joins us, uh, Tennessee Highway Safety Office, making it possible. Yeah, no doubt about it, Coach. Thanks for coming on. But we got to go to this part first because this is the most important question of our Doug E. Fresh segment. And that is, what animal are you most frightened of? We were talking about snakes, and then we got into this alligator crap that's down there, and I would be running for my life if I just saw one from, like, 40 yards away. It was like, no can do. Like, so, you know, and then we're talking about, you know, a bat, and, you know, people burning bats. What the heck is going on here? But uh, was there ever an animal that you've seen over your lifetime? I'm sure there's probably been a couple that you go, uh oh, or did you like? No, I got this. I can handle this. No, only one. I've, I've uh, the only uh, the only thing that I don't like being around at all, or even thinking about being around snakes. Yeah, me too. Now alligators are there. wasn't a whole lot of alligators out in northeast Oklahoma. Not a lot, huh? Uh, but uh, uh, you had to go into. Had to go into Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we had a few of those in the ditches, and they'd show up. They swam a long way to get there and got flushed out of a toilet somewhere. I'm not a snake guy. There's nothing really else. You know, mice, all those spiders, yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't bother yeah. me. But, uh, but You had any occasion where you had to make a decision? Like, uh, I had yeah, to get I this snake to, uh, out of this room or out of this hotel? I used to bale hay uh, and pick up those square bales. And if they left, left them strength from, huh? Well, if they left them overnight, the snakes would kind of come in there and and spend the night there. And there were a few times when I was picking up a bale of hay that there'd be a snake in there. Now he was as afraid of me as I was of him, but I went on and got the next bale. Let somebody else get that bale. Let me let me put it like that. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, they were trying to tell us about, you know, if they have, like, the cat eyes. You know, Rhett was telling us that, you know, they're feminists and, you know, all that crap. <laughs> they all like, look, I don't have time. They, they all look no, the same to me. They all look the same to me. That's right. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Okay, now that we got that important question out the way. Right now, where do you think the fan base is, talking about Tennessee football, is as far as the excitement level? To me, I don't feel like there's a lot of excitement. Maybe people are just hesitant. I'm, I'm kind of excited because when you look at their schedule, you go, well, Crap, man, I know they're going to win four. They're probably going to win six just out of default, and, and they're going to be much more explosive and maybe funner to watch if they do anything that Hypo has done in the past when he's the offensive coordinator or head coach uh, in this league. So uh, I think they should be you know, optimistic this year, and, and six, seven wins is not out of the question. You know, if you look at them, Blaine, and, and what do we all do, and I do it, and heck, I coached for all do. those years. But you look, you look back at what was last year, and then uh-huh. you you question where whether it's a good year or a bad year, and you kind of question, you know, what we were doing. Was it because of this brand new staff? Uh, I will say this: there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of good players on this team. Mm-hmm. I don't. I would not put many in in the great category. Although I think some of the younger players have an opportunity to be outstanding players. But there's a lot of good players. There's a lot of seniors on this team. They mm-hmm. they return more. COVID seniors, players that could have, would not have been eligible had they not got that extra year than anybody in the Southeastern Conference. Experience. Yeah. And that, as you know, that means a lot. You got, mm-hmm. they got, they got uh, five defensive linemen that are all seniors that, uh, uh, that are 22, 23 years old. And that makes a difference when you're going up against 19 year old defensive linemen. So, uh, I, I, uh, I would anticipate this is going to be from what I've seen so far in the scrimmages. Very impressed with the way they were coached, disciplined, uh, which was a problem last year. Uh, this past scrimmage, it rained the whole scrimmage. Very difficult to see much in the passing game, but they got a lot done in the running game. So uh, it it would, uh, you know, I, I know there's maybe some fans that don't get too excited, but when the game gets here, and, uh, you know, I think everybody, you, we always have hope. Yeah. And uh, I think Tennessee will be a good football team. I don't know how good they can be. I don't know a lot about the other teams that they will be playing, but I think they will be a good football team. And if they get top quality play out of their quarterback, they got skilled players. They got skilled running backs. They got skilled wide receivers. If they get top quality play out of their quarterback, they can they can make things tough on opposing defenses. Well, you talked about the scrimmage, and you're talking about running backs. You know, kind of take us through you know the top three running backs and how they looked and how they're different than one another or the same. And people get have this misconception that Hypo is just a throwing around the yard guy. He's kind of a 50-50. You go back and watch UCF, they run the football. Uh, so the, the running back will have a vital part in this offense. Uh, what do you see out of the uh, running backs? Well, they do. And their offense is essentially set up for, for smaller type uh, running backs. Uh, I think two of them clearly right now are going to be playing a lot. I, I won't go past that. And it could go either way. The the Evan Juncture, who's a junior college player came, came, that has come in, has looked really good. Uh, the small youngster that was there last year, Jabari Small, looks really good. I think those are your two guys right now, unquestionably right now. And then Behind them, you know, Beckwith right now is coming along maybe. Uh, the the uh, Jalen Wright, the freshman, is much in that same mold as Small and Evans. But right now it's Small and Evans. Those are the guys that are going to be uh, really leading the charge there from the running back. You know, one little caveat on this. If Bowling Green is as bad as they were last year and they were statistically, defensively, the 
second worst team in all of FBS, 127 no. out of 128. They're going to have an opportunity to play players, okay. and exactly who's – I wouldn't go as far as to say who's going to start. don't think that makes a whole lot of difference, certainly at the running back position. But those two are going to play a lot. I like both of them. They hold on to the ball. Uh, they uh, they protect the ball. They're uh, both about 5'11", uh, 215-ish, 220. Solid players catch the ball out of the backfield, which is a must in this offense. The running back in this offense position – will likely catch five to seven passes a game, that position, because they're the check down. Tight end, which really an H-back who will move outside a lot. They won't play a whole lot of a pure tight end offense. So it's going to be five offensive linemen, spread them out, and if they spread out, they're going to have lanes for those uh, running backs to run. They'll they'll run the football when that happens. Mm. Well, two questions you just made me think about. Two players uh, uh, I was thinking of when you talked about Beckwith, the running back, kind of – Give us a, a picture of a 6'5 running back and what that looks like to, to me, in my mind, being a former defense guy. Oh, man, that's a huge target, but also one-on-one. It's going to be a nightmare to tackle. So he's, how would they use him if he gets the chance? Or, or would you move him to another position just because he's 6'5 and really athletic? Uh, you know, I don't know how that all works out. And then I think about also you said they're going to run the football 50-50. Well, where's Mays? Where is he going to be at on the offensive line? Cade Mays right now will play tackle right now. And uh, when, when the, uh, Rajon Calvert got hurt, that kind of limited what they're going to be able to do. Your two tackles right now will be Cade Mays can play guard or tackle, and he's an excellent ball player both ways. Right. Is he a little bit better at guard? Maybe. Is he a guy? But he's a guy that they can move around if they have to. I think he and, and uh, Wright will be the two uh, starting tackles as, as we go into this thing right now. Carvin, Jerome Carvin, and and probably uh, the Scaggins, uh, Scoggins youngster, excuse me, Spraggins youngster, excuse Spragans, me, will yeah, be the guard, yeah. and uh, Cooper Mays. I think I think both Mays boys would be starting right now for sure. Got a few other guys in there that you know the Crawford youngster certainly, uh, Dane Davis. They got about seven, eight offensive linemen, which I preach this all the time because you don't play but five or six offensive linemen in a game anyway. Uh-huh. So if you got six or seven guys, and the thing about Cade can move around, Carvin can move around, Cooper can move around. He can play guard or, or center. So uh, they got solid players there. And uh, you have those, I think the five that I mentioned will be, will be the starter. Spraggins, uh, you know, if, if, if Cade moves inside, then probably Dane Davis will start at the other tackle. But they got six or seven guys they can move around. They'll be a solid group there, and I think will be a, a good running group when they, they, they work together as a unit. The first two scrimmages, they had maybe a couple missing or a couple playing on the other, you know, on the other offense. But now that they've gone through this last scrimmage, the rest of the way through they'll have that unit working together an offensive line is so much about working together, stepping together. Almost everything zone blocking scheme now, and uh, so they they got plenty of time to get that ready because these are all veteran players. Cooper's a youngster, and he got in a lot of playing time last year. Oh man! And what do you think about the the Beckwith kid? Because man, I think he could play multiple positions, but right now they just have him at running back. Yeah, and he's I would be dumb enough to put him at defensive end, but that's just me. I don't think they'll be moving him now. He's a player that can right. play a lot of different positions. They probably have some packages with him where they're moving him out in the slot. Yeah, he yeah. catches the ball well. You know, I, I refer to these guys all the time uh, as I work for a, for a great coach named Bill Dooley, who is Vince Dooley's brother, 
worked with him at Virginia Tech. He was an old offensive line coach, and he was from uh, Mobile, Alabama, so he kind of talked like them Mobile, Alabama guys. <laughs> and he would you, talk about guys like Beck with young guys. He said, we just need to put him down there and let him soak. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the snakes. Yeah, and he, he's a soaker. You know, and he, what he meant was soak up, you know, not quite ready yet. I think Beckwith is one of those guys. But, again, as the season goes along, if those guys will work during the season, as the season goes along, there's going to be injuries, uh, and you're going to have an opportunity to play at some point. And, Blaine, as you know so well, some players take advantage of that and some don't. But you're going to have, you know, this is a 12-game season, tough opponents. You're going to have some guys hurt. And uh, if, you're, if you have enough in you that even though you're not a starter – you're down there uh, working to get better. It's, it's, you're going to get your opportunity most of the time. No doubt about it. We're with the coach, Doug Matthews. Coach, before we let you go, you mentioned the guys who needed to soak. Uh, of all the freshmen, the incoming guys, the new guys, maybe you haven't had too much time to soak yet, two weeks out, who has impressed you the most that you think that freshman might actually play some this year? We're talking about true freshmen, true not freshmen. redshirt freshmen on this. I think guys that are clearly going to be players. A little easier to play skill. Christian Charles, they got him playing in, at a safety in the nickel position. He's a comer there. I mentioned Jalen Wright. The only thing about Jalen is he's playing behind two really, really good uh, running backs. Uh, Amari McNeil, defensive tackle. He's going to be, has a chance to really be a big-time player. Again, he's just a freshman. And then uh, two uh, t- two tight ends. Uh, Julian Nixon may be the best-looking athlete of that group. He was kind of a wide receiver. He's 6'4", 6'5", 225, getting bigger. Uh, he, uh, I would say those. And then uh, Miles Campbell at, at tight end also. Mm-hmm. The problem with both those positions are they'll probably get a little playing time. But you got two older players there, right? Uh, in uh, at the uh, at the uh, tight end position, you know, you got uh, Jacob Warren and and uh, uh, and you have a, a Princeton fan. Those are all older players. So, uh, but but uh, only thirteen. The only, the only brother, excuse me, eleven. Only eleven true freshmen in this class. Wow. And I say about half of them uh, look look pretty darn good right now. All right, Luke is going to bark at me for asking one more question, but I do want to do this. Two weeks out, as as a coach. How comfortable were you at this point if you still didn't know who a starter was at a position, or did you always know by this point? Especially quarterback. Yeah. Well, quarterback is, I would say this, of the 22 starting positions, I bet you 20 of them are sewed up. Okay. Quarterback is one that not, but even there, I got to believe that the head football coach, who's also the quarterback <laughs> coach, who's also the play caller, knows who it's going to be. And, you know, more importantly, I think we talked about this last week. It doesn't make any difference whether the head coach names the starting quarterback, those players know who the starting quarterback is. They know who's working with them. Right. You know, right. <laughs> if you're out there working with the first team in practice, you're the starter. And I got a pretty good idea that they probably got one of them doing that right now. Coach, thank you. Uh, this segment just flies by, and people will want to catch this on the podcast later. Again, Coach Doug Matthews brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Thank you, Coach. I'm look- See you next Thursday. Looking forward to it already when we come back. Mike Vrabel was very unhappy today after practice. He led with very pointed comments. We'll have those for you next. Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, there was some 
some scraps at practice today. Nothing like something's going to be on the like sports center starts with it or anything, and it's just everybody swinging at everybody. Sometimes you see those, and you're like, "What are y'all doing, man? Somebody's going to break their hand. Somebody's going to hurt their knee. Somebody's going to get their helmet off and get hit in the head and get a concussion." Everybody's trying to make the team. At some point, you got to you got to try to look out for you and your fellow man. But uh, four different just kind of dust ups. Antonio Brown, Chris Jackson, uh, George Walker at the Tennessee, and got some great pictures of of that that had been put out. And Antonio Brown apparently got a punch right in Chris Jackson's face after he ripped off his helmet. Uh, Fred Brown, as Blaine said, pancaked a Bucks player. They both wound up on the ground, um, and uh, they had to get separated. Uh, a special teams fight again with K.J. Britt and Nick DeZubnar. And apparently there was a big one kind of near the end. Vrabel actually got in the middle of that one to break what? up every – yeah. Must have been some big guy. I think Big Jeff was involved. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, with uh, Fournette out here. Yes. SEC, SEC. Oh, man. So yesterday Titans had a pretty a good, good day of practice. By That's not a good decision. You got to make a business decision. Right. And if you're Big Jeff, like, hey, man, just keep it moving. They need you. Don't get hurt messing around. But I get it. It's hot. People. I, I was thinking about this. H-Town doesn't come out too often. H-Town, it's like the Hulk, the green guy, if you watch those Avenger movies. I try to keep H-Town down. I don't like to let him out. So I just try, I just try to keep him like in his own space. He stays in H-Town most of the time. But when he transports here, and I was thinking, H-Town probably show up at some of those practices. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, what happens is, you, know, you watch the film after one day, uh, you know, that's why you're there, you know, as NFL players, you're, you're competitive uh, to the fault, you know, uh, to a fault. And, uh, you know, you go watch the film, you come out the next day and say, okay, you got me yesterday, but I'm going to get you today. I'm going to win more reps than you. And uh, that kind of gets uh, a little heated at times, especially the backups. That's why I was a little surprised when you say Jeff and Fournette, you know, guys who've been in the league, who know they're good and know their their worth. Uh, because it was exhausting uh, to to get in a, a melee or a push and shove. I know my rookie year, I was part of that. But then after that, I was like, I was too exhausted and afraid I was going to get hurt just being a part of the melee. Yeah. So I was just like, hey, man, it's like 30 yards over there. I can't help you. By the time I get there, it's going to be done anyway. <laughs> have, have at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to conserve energy. <laughs> So Straight up business decision. Yeah, yeah. So not unless it was right there in front of you, are you going to really be a part of stuff like that? And it take, you know, it's hot out there. So guys are, you know, short tempered, uh, you know, pissed off. And then you're, if you're a backup, you're fighting for your life. So yeah, I get it all day. But I, you know, I believe both coaches told them on the first day that we're not going to have any melees, and they probably should have reiterated again the next day, uh, because you got to know some guys are just going to take it to the next level, regardless if you're starter, backup, or not, because they're just not going to like what happened. And and it's easy to just take a shot at somebody when that's not your teammate. Right. Well, Mike Vrabel uh, seemed hot at practice. Much better reports yesterday from Titans reporters than today based on how things seemed to go. But Mike Vrabel gave a, a quick assessment when he was asked what he thought of today's effort. I, come. I don't know. I just, from what I saw, we didn't do very well offensively. You know, I don't think we competed like we did yesterday. Um, you know, probably a lot of reasons, but, you know, just not good enough. They were clearly better today. And, you know, we'll see how we respond and take the coaching and, uh, and play on Saturday.
So he said offense, though. He kind of specified. He didn't yep. say defense. He did not. He did say offense. Mm. And sometimes you're just going to get beat by somebody. But he used the word compete a lot. We're going to compete. You're going to go out there and compete. And obviously he didn't like the way his offense competed today. Well, you know, and when I, when, it's hard. When he used the word broadly like that, everybody's out there competing. You didn't rise to the competitive level as the other team today. And that's how I think it should be. That's what makes you better and keeps you grinding and it keeps you motivated to be better than the day before. You know, so, yeah, I, I wanted to be. And just imagine if they were practicing versus each other. Yeah. One day the offense wins, next day the defense wins. That's what you really want in camping when you're going against another team. You're not going to win every snap and you're not going to win every day. That's just not how going to be. Guess what? They are in the NFL. Yeah, Super Bowl they, champs. They They're pretty good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I think they return all their starters on both sides of the ball, yeah. as well as their kicker that they stole from us. All Let's 22. not mention that. Yeah. Suck up. So, yeah. So they're going to win some. And, you know, that's he's telling it, you know, how he feels. So that don't mean they won't, you know, win. Watch this. Win the walkthrough tomorrow. <laughs> 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 or, or the game on, on Saturday. Well, they sure play well in preseason game number one. So the two uh, practice days are over with now. They will have a walkthrough tomorrow. Titans' Amy Wells came on with us earlier and said that. And then Saturday night, 6.30, we'll be on at 4.30 uh, to, to get Bill Buck actually be on an hour before us and then us at uh, 4.30, you and Dr. Smooth and me. And I can't wait to see how they respond. Now, I don't know how, what starters we'll see or not see, but I just want to see the guys play well against the guys who are lined up opposite them, and they did that against it. Yeah, no doubt. In, in this game, you know, It'll be more starters playing than the last game, I would assume. Yeah. So let's hope so. And until then, Mickey, happy Thursday. No doubt. And as always, peace. 3HL next.